Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm Matthew Thiel, a financial advisor with RPA Wealth Management. I'm joined as always by Joshua Winterslake. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Matt. Thanks. It's great to see you. And also with us as always, our president, leader, financial advisor, and recently a t-ball coach, Brent Pascal. Brent, how are you today? Doing great and even better now that we're live and ready to record. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited for today's show. We're going to talk about 10 reasons why business owners should consider getting a business valuation done. Um, but first, Brent, Little League World Series in your future? What's going on? Oh, yeah, I'm taking this t-ball team straight to the top. So this is the first year that my son is actually in official t-ball league. And I told my wife when she signed him up that, hey, just let the coach know that I would step in and help out if they needed an assistant coach. And I'd be there because I like sports and I like, you know, having watching my son play and just being there to help him. And so last week we got a call that there were so many kids that signed up that they needed to split the team into two and they needed another coach. So I think that the first message came straight to me and was about, hey, we need another coach. So we need to get somebody in there. Would you do it? And so, of course, I said yes. So I've never actually coached baseball. I've coached other sports before, coached hockey for many years and was around the sport. But I've played baseball up until I was 14 or 15 years old and then uh, transitioned out and started playing hockey. But the reason I stopped playing baseball, and I don't know, even know if you guys knew this, is because I always got hit. Like I was always getting hit with the baseball. I'd be in the batter's <laughs> box, and I would get hit all the time. And at some point when I was like 15, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. You were a ball magnet? Yeah. I was like, I'm not getting hit. Like bruises, probably, I'm, it's probably, just not worth it. I'm not going to take a 80-mile-an-hour pitch to the hip anymore. I'm done. First of all, they probably weren't throwing <laughs> 80 miles well. per hour when you're 12 years old. Dude. All right, let's ease up there. And second of all, you got to stop crowding the plate. What's the matter with you? If I was pitching, I'd throw it at you too. I think at that age, they just don't have good aim. And so it's it's duck and fire. So I was just done. But I'm super excited. We're going to be very positive with the kids, teach them fundamentals, make it fun. And thanks to my research guys that are sitting at the table found me all the research and criteria I need to run these practices, the games, everything that I need to know and to be ready for. These two guys at the table have already done it for me, so I'm very thankful for that. We're uh, we're excited for you too. I think this is why this is the, the top or the the head of the show is um we're excited for you to start coaching and I think we've already adopted the the name coach for you here in the office. So. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and uh we're also looking forward to eight years down the line when you're at Williamsport coaching your son and his team to the Little League World Series. Yeah. It starts in your future. Well, I'll tell you this. There's not going to be any of that crazy parent on this team. I mean, this is all for fun. They're five years old and four years old. It's all about making it fun for them and making them want to come back next year. I'm sure some coach, it might not be you will get thrown out of the game. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that story. <laughs> Me too. All right. So today's show, we are going to talk about the 10 reasons why business owners need to consider getting an evaluation done. It's something that's really commonly overlooked with our, our business owner clients. They don't really think about why they would want to get a business valuation done, or frankly, they're just too busy focusing on their business to get it done. Um, so we're going to jump right in. I'll start with the first one. The first reason why a business owner would want to get their business valued is to better understand their business and its potential. Brent, what do you think about that? Back several years ago when we decided that 
we actually wanted to know what our business is worth. And there was multiple reasons why we needed to figure out how we're going to protect this business. If something happened to me, my wife couldn't run the business. It led us down this path of investigation to figure out how do we actually do these things. And the thing that we really needed to find out is how do we find out what our business is worth? Because if you don't know what your business is worth, how can you actually grow it? How can you protect it? How can you exit the business? All of those are such critical factors and that's when it began. We need to get a valuation done on our business. Yeah, that, that's well put. It helps. That's a great summary of what we're going to talk about today. And also on the potential side, it, it kind of will give you a, a great idea as the business owner of the steps you need to take in your business to help grow it. And obviously growing it is going to increase the amount of money that you, the business owner, take home, but also increase your business value at the end of the day. Joshua, what's the second reason? The second reason why a business owner needs to get their business valued is to know the value of their largest asset so they can plan for retirement. So a lot of small business owners that we meet, their business is their largest asset, but they aren't certain of what the actual value of the business is. So when we're meeting with them to plan for retirement, they know, you know, a pretty accurate number of what they're going to need in income in retirement but they don't really have an idea of what the business is worth. So for us to have an idea if they're going to sell it, if they're going to maintain within the business, we need to know what that value of that asset is to plan for it for retirement, to solve for what they need for income in retirement. So right. looking at it from, you know, kind of starting from the future and working your way backwards, it's just really the best way to plan for not only the exit for retirement, but the income for retirement. It's just a really, really key component to the business is knowing what it's worth for retirement planning. And I don't even think most people even really have a good grasp or general idea a lot of times of what the business is worth. I mean, they think could be this, could be that. They're probably shooting a lot of times higher than it's what it's actually worth, but they really don't know. Right. And, and that's really can cause a lot of problems for retirement planning if we're just talking about that topic. Sure. And especially if you're close to retirement, a lot of times we meet clients that are already in their 60s and they still don't know what the business is worth. Right. So it's just a really big issue that we can solve is knowing what the value is worth earlier on than later so we can solve for that retirement income or retirement plan. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll set up the ability for them to exit when they do want to retire. Correct. Uh, right through an internal or external sale. Brian, what's topic three? So topic two leads into topic three, and it's to ensure the business and your family are properly protected. I mean, it's really difficult to properly protect your family without actually knowing what your business is worth, because how much do you protect it worth with, and, and how do you actually protect it? A lot of times people think that the only way to protect the business is through life insurance, but that's not always necessarily true. There's many ways that a business owner can protect their business. But you have to have key factors put into place that says if something happens to the business owner, how are the people outside or inside the business going to even be able to access and maintain the business? You know, generally, if it's a one owner business and that person dies, chances are the wife's coming in with the keys Monday morning. And then how are they going to actually run and maintain that business? A lot of times business owners don't really have all of that detailed figured out. And there's a lot to figure out there. It's more than just, hey, we have some life insurance policy. Yeah, I think life insurance becomes popular for business owner protections because of the commissions on the other side from the insurance agent, right? 
And it's usually most likely going to be the agent who's selling them their general business policies. I'll say, oh, hey, you know, you probably should purchase this life insurance policy from me uh, to protect your business. Yeah, I think most advisors who generally work with business owners, their whole key and all their planning is around, hey, how much life insurance can I sell you? So that's all they're really trying to work on. I think the big question about that is how many people before they purchase insurance to protect the business are actually having the business valuated. It brings it back to the actual question of the factor of how many people are taking that step. Because how do you truly know how much insurance you need without truly knowing what the value of the business is worth? And then one of the reasons the continuity plan and and all the changes happen and you need a valuation updated is because what your business is worth today is so much different than two years or three years or four years from now. Correct. It's a constant process. Right. And in what direction you're taking the business? Are you taking a step back? Are you looking for more growth? And are you tracking that? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we already bled into topic number four, uh, which is a succession plan. Right. Um, So we're kind of going down that road right now, but what, what does a succession plan allow us to do? A succession plan really puts the next people in place in a disaster situation or an exit situation of who's going to take over that business. If something were to happen or when you do decide to exit the business, you're having a succession plan put into place on who's going to be the successor to you. Talking about succession plan, I'm going to go on a little side rant here. Did either of you watch HBO show Succession? Not yet. That You recommended that, I think, in, yeah, but I haven't watched it yet. It's basically about a family-owned business and their succession plan. It's really cool. So, yeah. I'll have to check that out. It looks really good. Recommend that. Nice. Anything left on succession plan? No, I think there's a lot of in-depth detail that we can get into, but let's go to number five. All right. So, number five is going to be you pay the right amount when you buy a business. So it's kind of like when you are trying to expand, you don't want to buy a business that's bigger than your business. You want to purchase a business that's a little bit smaller that you could tack on and increase your business value. Knowing what your business value is worth will help you find acquisition targets that you could either bolt on to create other product lines or merge with your own company to create a bigger company. Correct. Anything else? Yeah, I'd just like to add that it's very valuable just if you're going through the valuation process to understand how your industry is valued. So if you've never went through a valuation process for your business, by going through it, you're going to have a better understanding of the factors that go into valuating your business to your specific industry. Right. So then that way that helps with that, you know, what to buy, how much to buy that next business because you have a general idea of what's going into those multiples to create that value right within your industry yeah and then you could get a better idea of by bringing those two companies together what's your new multiple going to be and how to really continue to increase it and is it going to lead to a higher business worth as you bring that new business in yeah that's a great point you you kind of already have an idea of what that how that value is going to increase by bringing that business in right because you understand the multiples or whatever it is absolutely all right moving on to number six joshua what's our sixth reason the sixth reason is get what it's worth at the sale so what this means is when a business owner is exiting the business and they're going to sell the business let's say to a outside sell, meaning someone else is coming from outside the company to purchase um, the business. They actually have an idea of what to sell it for. I know we, we kind of talked about that in that previous num- or number five, but this is a, actually just a really good reason 
to get your business valued if you are looking to sell your business to an outsider because you will have an accurate number of what you're asking for your business without having the valuation done. I mean, how Matt, how do you think business owners are coming up with the number of this is what I think my business is worth? Most business owners get fished by business brokers and investment bankers and they will send them an email or some kind of postcard or packet and it'll say, Hey, I have a buyer lined up for your business. They're, they're willing to pay X. Right. I mean, that's how the, the owner then think, Oh, my business must be worth, you know, $5 million if they have this buyer. But in reality, it's probably worth a lot more because they're just sending you randomly generated uh, lead cards or kind of like phishing emails, right? They're just casting a line. Sending a postcard. I, I could sell your business. I have three buyers lined up. Yep, exactly. I, I feel like it's very similar marking to how some real estate agents will market their business, right? It's a great example. Yeah, great example. Absolutely. It's actually the same business, um, selling a business and selling a piece of real estate. Right. We just sold 10 homes in your neighborhood and we can get a higher square foot for your house. Exactly. Anything left on uh, number six? I think we're good. All right. Let's move on to number seven. Number seven would be, this relates to businesses that have business partners. So if you're in a 50-50 partnership, you need to create a buy-sell agreement. And you can't create a buy-sell agreement unless you know what the business is worth. So what a buy-sell agreement is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a contract that lays out how a partner will exit the business either through some kind of separation like a fight or if one partner is disinterested in the business or retiring or retiring a buy sell agreement will help get that done and in order to do that you need to know what the business is worth anything left uh probably like a prenuptial agreement that's a great example right like you 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 plan everything out before something bad happens in a business you probably want to do that also do either of you guys have prenuptial agreements i don't I did not sign one and I just got married. No, I don't have one either, but I bet Haley's wishing she made me sign one. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this part of the show. No. I think that might be a future topic though, because I think it's something that's not talked about a lot that a lot of people have questions about. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right, let's move on to number eight. Joshua, what is number eight? Exploring funding opportunities. So when a business let's say is their driver is growth. So they're looking to grow the business and and to make the business more valuable. If they have a starting point of what they know that the value of the company is today, they can better understand where they need to actually find funding or influx funding into the business. So with knowing that value, they're able to actually go out and find funding opportunities to increase the value. And then also on the exit side, this could also be applicable of saying, you know, how am I going to fund my exit if I don't know what the value is? So having the company evaluated, we can actually understand what opportunities are out there to fund my exit from the business. So if I'm going to leave the business, I now know the value. I can now go look and see what opportunities are out there to fund my actual exit, whether if it's to an outsider or an insider. Yeah, absolutely. So if a business is looking to grow, they have two options. They're going to need cash most likely. Right. Their first option is to sell equity or sell shares in the company. Mm-hmm. And they can raise cash that way, or they can go to the debt markets and create some kind of debt instrument and get money that way. Both will have an effect on your on their business valuation. Right. You need to have your valuation or know what your business is worth to do either one of those, basically. Right. And then you could look, okay, am I going to add positive value by adding debt or am I going to add negative value? And 
and vice versa right. with equity. Right. It provides a clear picture for the business owner. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to number nine. Brent, what's number nine? Number nine is establish a trust or create an estate plan. Right now, we know estate planning thresholds and estate tax thresholds are very high, but those can at any point come back down. And at some point, you're going to need to have that business inside your trust. And at some point, you're going to want to, when you pass away, that asset or that business or what's left of that business to go to the next generations. And because of that, you're going to need a trust to avoid or reduce as much taxes as possible as that gets distributed to the beneficiaries. Well put. Joshua, anything to add? No, I think just the valuation helps with tax efficiency in that estate plan. So perfect. Yeah, it does. All right. And that will actually bleed into number 10, which is it helps you prepare for a taxable event such as gifting or grants. So one thing I'll say is if if you have a business that is already worth probably 5 million plus, 10 million plus, kind of getting up there or even as high as getting into that 20 million range where you're really up against the estate tax threshold, you want to figure out strategies to get that business out of your estate and to kind of start either gifting it away or using complex trusts to remove it from your estate so you don't have to pay estate taxes. Yeah, great. Yeah, there's just so many, there's a lot of strategies out there when you're above that estate tax threshold to reduce that tax bill. And I know a lot of business owners that that could benefit if you your business is over that tax threshold. Totally. And there's no way to know if you're up against that threshold unless you know what your business is worth. That's a great point. Right. You don't want your kids to be surprised and and writing a big check to the IRS. And that could lead to a fire sale of other assets or selling property to pay estate tax rules because you can't get assets out of your business because you passed away. There's a lot of problems that can happen. Absolutely. And that's how quite a few family businesses get destroyed. Absolutely. There's no cash to pay the tax. All right. Anything left on our 10 reasons? What's next? All right. Well, let's move on. Joshua, what can business owners expect to get if they do evaluation? Business owners can expect to get an idea of what the business is worth. So get putting an actual dollar value to their business. They also will receive a specific value drivers of the business value. So you're able to see what's actually driving the value of the business. And those are things that you can take back to your office and say, these specific factors we're focusing on to generate a higher value valuation for the business. Anything to add on that one? Yeah. So an example would be like, let's say in the financial advice industry, which we're in, our business value is driven by our clients. So we don't have any clients, we don't have any revenue, so we don't have any value. Did I say that right, Brent? Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that owners can expect to get is a comparison of your company versus companies inside your industry. And this is, you know, we talked about this a little bit about if you're looking for an acquisition to better understand businesses also within your industry. Um, But, you know, doing that comparison can really help make future decisions because we can become more efficient in different areas that you're less efficient in when you're comparing them to your industry. So I think that's just a really valuable piece that business owners will get out of the valuation process is how are we doing against our competition? I agree. It's like stacking up, like let's look at social media companies, right? I think we could all agree Facebook's the biggest and best social media company from a metric standpoint. Sure. And then Snapchat's looking up at them and you know they don't compare as favorably, Sure. which right. is the difference in the stock prices. Right. It's the same in middle market business world. 
Yeah, most people should want to know how they're doing in key areas and know ways to improve. And I feel like a lot of business owners have those questions, but don't know how to go out and get the answers. Right, or even gauge them. Right, right. Yeah. If you don't have a valuation, you don't know your key performance metrics, I mean, and how are you going to actually gauge where to improve? Right. All right. So let's say I'm a business owner and, and I'm listening to this podcast right now and you know, we're bringing up some good points and, and they're thinking to themselves, Hey, I, I, I yes, I, I want to get evaluation done. This makes sense for me. Brent, there's, what are their options? There, there are a few different ways that you could do and have evaluation done. One is through online software technology, just like it has in most industries and in other areas has advanced so much over the last 10, 15, 20 years that now there's online softwares that we could use to plug in all the information and it can really give us a pretty decent idea of what the business is worth. You can get really, really close to finding out what your business is worth by plugging in those important factors inside of your business. Some of them are the balance sheets, the profit and loss statements, and so forth to give you a really good idea of, of what you have there for a value of a business. The second way to do it is you could hire a certified valuation advisor. You can get with an advisor, they're gonna plug all of your information into their software but they're gonna get and be a little bit more hands-on. They're gonna go in depth with your books. They're gonna talk about those with you. They're gonna be meeting with you and they're gonna be able to provide you a really, really good detailed number of what your business is worth and clean up some areas on areas that you, they can think that you can make a higher valuation. Is uh, hiring a, it sounds like hiring a certified valuation advisor is more expensive than the online software. Very much so. I mean, the range of what a, a, an advisor can cost can range anywhere from the $5,000 range up to 15, 20,000 or even more just depending on the size of the business. But it's gonna be a little bit more hands-on. Important, especially if you're thinking about really exiting in the next year or something. Yeah, I, I would agree. Hiring a valuation professional is extremely important. If you are looking at selling your business now, the next five years, you're gonna want human eyes on it. Absolutely. If you're just looking for a value and some ideas on how to grow your business or kind of like a starting point, online software is a great option. Can I read to you guys though, um, I did some research before the show, all of the different credentials evaluation advisor can have. Yeah. It's a pretty long list. So you could be a certified valuation analyst, that's a CVA. You could be in the American Society of Appraisers, that's a ASA. You could be an accredited business valuation, an ABV, or you could be a certified business appraiser, a CBA. Those have a lot of accredited, different accreditations. <laughs> Which one's the best? I don't know. I don't know how you pick. Yeah. I like the way certified valuation analyst sounds personally. Yeah. So you're just going based on the way it's titled, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounds professional. Yeah. Logical, I guess. Um, and then another way you can get your business valued is if you are looking to sell business brokers will do evaluation. Usually they have one of the valuation analysts working in their office. The key is they're actually most likely not going to charge you for that. Right. Why would they do that, Matthew? Well, they want you to sign a contract so they could list your business just like you would sign a contract to list a house with them. I see. And they have an in-house appraiser that'll do it for you. They do have an in-house appraiser <laughs> that'll do it for you. I see. So back to the real estate thing. So they come in, tell you, they'll get, tell you what your house is worth, but then they want to put it on the market for you. Absolutely. Very nice. Matt, um, now that we kind of went over uh, what options you have to get evaluation done, uh, can you tell the, the audience what documents they'll need to get this valuation done for their business? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to need um, four main types of documents. The first thing that you're going to kind of want to know offhand is your entity type. So are you an S corp? Are you an LLC? Are you C corp? Are you a partnership? Um, have an idea of what that, which one you are. Then you're going to want to use your accounting software. Uh, hopefully you're using QuickBooks, FreshBooks, or one of the more popular accounting softwares. And you're going to want to run three years of balance sheet data. So an example would be if you're doing evaluation in 2019, you would want to run 2018, 2017, and 2016's numbers. And then you're also going to want to run three years of profit and loss in the same years, like I just said. And then finally, you're going to want, want your business tax returns. That'll verify all the information on your balance sheet and your profit and loss statement. Right. That makes sense. And then finally, one key tip I'll give, and we see this all the time when we're working with business owners, is make sure your books are kept accurately. Right. Quickest way to destroy your valuation is to not have accurate books. Right. The reason is, is your valuation is derived from your books. Yeah. And if you're sitting there thinking my books aren't right and it would be such a headache to get your books right, it's not. I mean, it can be, but it's not. It it does take time, but it's so critical to the valuation. It's so critical to your business's future. I mean, if that were the case, call us. Let's talk through some of those issues because we'll get you connected and how to get those corrected and why it's important. And it is so important to have the books accurate, though. I feel like there's a, and there's a lot of small business owners that we meet that have this struggle. Yeah, I, we see it all the time. There's just so many things that go into keeping the books right and what expenses are there and what's not. And, and so it, it is an important factor. But just because your books aren't right doesn't mean that the end result can't be there on getting the valuation done. It just means we're going to add another step into getting it done. Yeah, if your books are incorrect or if someone looks at you and tells you your books look funny, go get it fixed. Yeah, because you're going to have to get them fixed at some point. Right. It's just the non-glamorous part of owning a business, like the the boring, tedious part of it. Right. It's uh, the first thing you should outsource. And it's time-consuming and complicated. Right. Especially if you're not dealing with it on a daily basis. I mean, so many businesses specialize in other things, not managing their books. Right. Anything else? No, I think just to summarize the things you need, tax returns, profit and loss, balance sheets for three years. Yep, that's correct. That'll get you started. Um, okay, so we have actually developed a, a little site for our uh, for business owners to go to. So if you go to rpawealth.com slash business, we have some tools and resources on there for business owners. The first is going to be a book on why you need to get your business valued. So this is an ebook. You come on in, you, you put your email in, and you can download it. And then the second thing that we offer for free is actually a valuation tool. It, it works the same. You can go on and you can complete your own business valuation. It'll give you a, a quick idea of what your business is worth. And then you could defi- decide if you want to take that next step and hire a business valuation specialist. Right. So again, all, all of this is for free on our website. We'll put a link in the show notes, but it's rpawealth.com slash business. All right. Let's move on to our favorite segment. What's that, Matthew? How do you know that business valuation was my favorite segment? Well, we like the recommends because it's fun. Oh, okay. Because we could pick on each other. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I was kind of thinking about what I was going to recommend. I'm going to recommend something that's kind of vintage. Um, my wife and I have been burning through episodes of The Office. So it was, I think it was the original NBC show. Uh, it's on Netflix. And I hadn't watched it up until about like six months ago. And so we've been watching, you know, 
couple episodes a week just trying to get through uh, the nine seasons before Netflix takes it off of uh, their service. But hilarious. Fell in love with it. Like, really sad I didn't watch it, like, when it was airing. And just really, really funny show. So if you've never checked out The Office, that's what I'm going to recommend because that's what uh, me and my wife have been uh, watching recently on our free time. That's cool. Yeah. It's a great show. I haven't watched as much as you, but I watched a lot of it. And then I've also completed all Parks and Rec. So I'll add that. Both of them are great shows. Yeah. You told me that it's kind of similar. And uh, maybe that will be our next show after The Office. But really funny. We're almost done. I think we have like five episodes left. And to complete all of it. So. Now that I think of it, are there any good 30-minute comedies running on network TV right now? I don't know. I don't think there are. If someone listening to this podcast is watching a good 30-minute network TV comedy, please uh, email Josh and I. Yes, Because I, I don't think they exist anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a good, great, great point. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. My RPA recommend of uh, for this show is AirPods. And I might be a little late to the party with these things, but these are game-changing and life-changing. I'll tell you why. Because not only can you be uninterrupted when you get out of your car, if you're listening to the podcast like Retirement Plan Playbook, and you go into the grocery store, you could still be listening. But if you work a job where you need your hands all day or you're doing paperwork or you're out in the field or you're doing something – you can throw that in your ear and talk on the phone and continue to do whatever you're working on without ever having to hold that phone to your ear. To me, it saves so much time. It is so beneficial. And if I forget my AirPods, my day is just completely thrown off. The other thing is, is that the Bluetooth and phones to me still aren't perfect technology. They either cut out, they don't sound great, they drop. There's always problems, it seems like, with Bluetooth and car. You can throw that into one of your ears. So if you need to hear a siren, you can hear it. But you could throw an AirPod on one ear, and you could just continue your conversation, and it's uninterrupted. It is a very, very perfect way to use and to communicate with people without having to hold something to your ear. So I've had AirPods for two years, pretty much. I think I was the first adopter there. But I was in line like a month ago. Of course ago. you were. Yeah. <laughs> I was in line a month ago at the LASC game. Josh, you might have been with me. But some guy was saying how there's research out there that AirPods burn a hole in your brain. And since then, I haven't used them. Oh, wow. So now you're trying to scare everybody. I'm just trying to scare I you. Thought they said, <laughs> <laughs> I thought they said that holding your uh, cell phone to your ear is also very, very bad. Hey, you know what? I really enjoyed your explanation of the AirPods because I I have to agree with you. They are awesome. It took me a long time to get them. I think you guys had them like a whole year before I ever got some. Um, And I think you guys like kind of forced me to buy them. So so literally like before when I used to like a year or two ago when I used to see people walking through the store with them, I'm like, that's very strange. Like people just walking around like where are they rocking out to their music in the middle of the grocery store or waiting to take a phone call. I just never understood really the concept of it. So I was probably a little too judgmental on those things. They are fantastic. Completely life-changing. I don't walk through the store with both of them in my ear if I need one on because I'm listening to something I want to be able to hear. But even when you're in the store, like something that I thought of when you said that was like after work, right? You go to the grocery store, you got to go pick up something. And that's a lot of times when you call, for me, family calls, you might have a client call or something like that. And so instead of stopping what you're doing, you hit your AirPod and you have both of your arms. You're not you know, distracted, you can just go on doing whatever you're doing and talk to that person. So 
definitely a benefit of the AirPods that I love. Absolutely. Most people are walking around stores with AirPods in their ears because they don't want you to bother them. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, moving on to my recommends. <laughs> I don't see a bunch of people. Is, is that what you do? Hold on. <laughs> I, I, I don't see people generally getting bothered by other people in the grocery store, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys should shop LA at thing. the Whole Foods that I shop at then. Yeah. All right, moving on to my recommend. Um, I'm going to go with LAFC. Uh, Josh and I are season ticket holders. Uh, we, we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. Um, it's the best sporting event in Southern California. It's so much fun. It's a very quick sporting event. It's soccer, so it's not three, four hours like going to a baseball game or a football game. It takes two hours. The game's over. The stadium's brand new and beautiful. And the season's almost over, so get in now. We already know they're raising ticket prices for next season. Take your family. Go see a game. It is a ton of fun. Yeah, I have to agree. I was waiting for one of us to recommend LAFC, and it was you, but... I definitely have to um, just can't say enough good things about the sporting event. Uh, it is family friendly. It is, you know, good for a, a date night. It's good to go, you know, with, you know, a group of girls, group of guys, whatever you want to do. It, it caters to so many demographics and it's brand new. Like you said, it's beautiful. They have great food options. They have like a, it's basically a taste of LA inside the stadium, um, which is really, really cool. So if you're a foodie, you'd like it too. Um, craft beer too. Yeah. It's not, they're not selling just Bud and Miller. Yeah. They, just they a craft beer. really, really good environment. And you could really, they have a supporter section that you could really feel the passion um, inside the stadium of, of all of the fans and, and really get involved in the game um, with the supporters that chant and they sing and cheer. So uh, just a really, really great sporting event. Is this your recommend or is this his? This is his. Oh, I was okay. just, I would kept going. <laughs> it like sparked that fire in me. <laughs> I, know, I, I like it also. I mean, it's a, it is a great environment. It's very fun. I think that we, all of us can agree besides you, Brent, cause I don't know if you watch the office, but we endorse everyone's recommendations today. Hey, you know, I like that. Yes, I do like that. All right. Anything left today? Yeah, I think we're good. Good topic. Yeah. I, I love business valuations. I think they're outstanding. I think they're so important for businesses and it's really exciting to me. And, I, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way to sit in front of a business owner and be able to tell them what their business is worth and, and really teach them how to get a, a better value even for their business and how to exit and, and make those dreams come true. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well put. And if you are a business owner, remember to go to rpawealth.com slash business. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, check out all the free resources we have online. Thank you for listening today. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcast. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.